This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. This is a One and All Media podcast. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. We are taking the gospel to the world. Pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. Bringing people far from God, near to God. We believe in one truth that will be delivered in love and compassion. Connecting every one person to all that God has promised them. Today. Today. Today with Jeff Fines. Welcome. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Today with Jeff Fines. My name is Aaron, and Pastor Jeff is currently in a series called Ready or Not, where we're looking at all of the things that can happen in life, whether we're ready for them or not. In this episode, he's talking about feeling our faith. As relational beings, we often feel the close love of God, and at other times, though, he feels distant, and with that comes pain, suffering, and loss. Here's Pastor Jeff with the message now. You know, I've often thought about this, that in that moment that we feel, uh, when we're in connection and in relationship with God, there's supposed to be something so unique, something special, And it's hard to define and it's hard to explain to somebody who's not experienced it before. But there's something supposed to happen in your relationship with God whereby you feel a strong connection to Him. And we call it feeling our faith. And so somebody might say, well, do I have to really feel God? Isn't it enough that I just obey Him? Well, no, for two reasons. Number one, you don't always obey Him. But two... You are a relational being. You've been created in the image of God to feel emotional. You are an emotion, not a computer. You have feelings. You have emotions. Imagine me going to my wife, Robert, and saying, hey, is it okay if we just coexist? Can we just live in the house together but never talk to each other and never be intimate? It's amazing. That's not going to work. I remember when my father and my mother were going through a difficult time in their marriage, and I remember asking my mom, well, tell me, what's going on with you and dad? How do you feel? Are you angry? And I remember her saying, I wish I was angry. She said, I'm just numb. That is not the way our relationship with God is supposed to be. But we're in a series called Ready or Not, and there are things going to happen. Whether you're ready for them or not, they're going to occur. And you know what one of those things is? Guarantee it. At some point in your life, you'll stop feeling God the way you have in the past. And it won't be fun. And you'll wonder what's happened. And you'll go through a myriad of options. You'll blame yourself. You'll blame things around you. Blame your church. You'll blame all kinds of things. But the reality is, in those seasons when that happens, you're actually in good company. William Cowper, a great hymn writer, wrote great songs about his experiencing God. And then he wrote other songs where he can't find God. David, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. But then a few chapters later, he says, where's God? Can't find him. So the question is, in those seasons, when it happens, what do you do? And some of you in the room, you've never felt God. 
You, you've never really felt him the way you want to feel him. Uh, your relationship with God is functional at best. And again, you're thinking, hey, do we have to talk about this? Come on, man. Isn't it enough? I go to church. It's not about what's enough and what's not. The reality is you've been created by God to feel and sense and experience his presence every day of your life. And the older you get and the more mature you get in Christ, you're supposed to have these transcendent experiences where you feel the presence of God involved in your life. So what happens then when you come to a season of life when you're numb? You're not angry at God. You're just apathetic. You can't feel anything. And you want to. It's not like you don't want to. You just don't. Can't manufacture it. You just don't feel anything for him. This is one of the most important questions a pastor gets asked. Why don't I feel my faith, Pastor Jeff? I want to. And I want to help you. But I want to ask the question, how is it that we can get this feeling, this experience back that we once had, or maybe we've had it before and we just recently lost it? What do we do in those times to experience and to feel God the way God wants us to experience and feel God? Now, the first thing before we get into this, you have to understand that a lot of you, a lot of us, brought our misconceptions about God into our relationship with Him, and right from the get-go, we're behind the eight ball. Some of you grew up thinking God is like Dudley Do-Right, and your relationship with God, you think His closeness and farness is based on how good you are. So as long as you're doing right stuff, God will be close to you. When you start messing it up, then you're distant, He's distant from you. Now, folks, that's never going to work. Because you're going to get to a point in your life when you realize, or at least when you begin to believe, that no matter what you do, you can never pray enough, be good enough. You can never do what's required by God. And so you're going to think your entire life, you're not close to God. If you think God's closeness to you is contingent on how good you are and you never make any mistakes, you're never going to want to know a God like that. Who wants to be around somebody you think you can never please? I try to run from those people other than my wife. Everybody else, I'm gone. Well, she's not like that. Others of you grew up kind of with a God that's like a genie. You're used to the God you believed in when you came a Christian. You thought this was the God who you rub the lamp three times, he gives you whatever you want. And that's your God. So if you pray for something and don't get it, you automatically think God's not close to you. And you stop feeling the presence of God. Uh, if God allows you to go through a season of trouble, you think, well, God's obviously not here or he'd take me right out of this. So you brought that kind of idea of God into your relationship with God, and you're going to have a hard time ever feeling or experiencing God. Others of you, your God is like Thor. You're just waiting. You think, man, as soon as I mess up, he's going to drop the hammer. You know, God is like a warden. He's just watching for you to mess up so he can throw you in the hole. And your God is a God of perpetual responsibility. And if you don't constantly do the right thing, man, he's out to get you. Well, how can, how can you ever hope to relate and experience a God like that? That's a God you want to run away from. And then others of you, oh man, especially, I'm just, look, I'm not picking on one group. I'm just saying a lot of our young people today grew up in families where somehow something happened in American society where your father thought it was better to be your buddy than your authority. And because of that now, you've grown up thinking Jesus is your bud. <laughs> He's your buddy. And so you're never going to have the kind of transcend an intimate experience with a God like that because you think you're his equal. But all of us brought some kind of wrong idea into our relationship with God. And if you ever hope to experience God again the way you once did or the way you really want to and you never have, 
You have to retain, number one, you have to retrain your mind with objective truth concerning who God really is. You have to retrain your mind with objective truth concerning who God really is. So you've got to take all these emotions and your feelings about what God is like and lead them to what is objectively true. And you might say, well, Jeff, you arrogant punk, how do you know what God is like? Well, I, I don't unless God chooses to reveal himself. And in the scriptures, we're told that he does in two ways. General revelation, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. So we know that he's a creative God, but that's not really helping us with our relationship. So we receive what the Bible calls special revelation as written in the word through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1 tells us in the past, God spoke to us through the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So, from the get-go, let's remind ourselves of something, okay? Here is who God really is. How do you know? As mirrored in the image of Christ. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. His love is deeper than you ever thought possible. It's wider than you ever hoped for or dreamed for. God is not like your friends who will boat when you don't measure up. This is a God who is never going to leave you, who is more patient and more kind and more generous and more forgiving than any friend that you've ever had. And the Bible tells you that if you are in Christ and there was a time in the life, in your life in the past, where you said, here I am, and you knelt humbly at the cross and he forgave your sins, then the Bible says, even if you try to run from him, he's still right there with you. Francis Thompson calls him the hound of heaven. He's not going to let you go. He's not like of your other friends. You say, Pastor Jeff, I really want to believe you, but I got to know for sure. Well, here's our text, Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing means no thing. I think God gave me an illustration of this when I was younger so that I would never forget what God is like. And I remember my dad had a, a, a list of rules in our house. He was a very uh, staunch leader in the house. He loved us and we knew that he loved us, but he had rules and you just didn't violate the rules. There were a list of kind of like the, the seven woes. You know, if you do these things, you're in danger of not living here anymore. Doing drugs, you're out. So although it wasn't that rule, there was another rule he had that I violated when I was 16 years old, stupid. And I remember I couldn't sleep that night, and I was terrified, but the burden on my shoulders for violating this was so heavy that I had to find release, and I knew the only way I'd find release is to confess what I had done to my father, expecting him to say, you can't live here anymore. And I told my father, and I was seated on the bed, and I remember my father looking at me, and really sad, almost a tear in his eyes. Then he moved over and put his arm around me, and he said, I'm disappointed, but I'm right here, and I'm going to walk you through this. We're going to do this together. I think God gave me that. That's what God is like. So yeah, you may have disappointed him, but it's a sadness. that It's a breaking of his heart, not an anger and wrath. 
And now he moves in beside you for those who are in Christ Jesus. He puts his arm around you and says, okay, but we're going to go through this together. See, until you understand that's what God is truly like, there's no way you're going to be able to experience him and feel the love of a father until you realize the father that he is. So the first step, something's got to die in you if you're going to experience God again. What can die is the objective truth to which your feelings must conform. That God is close by, that he cares about you above all things, that you matter to God, that he left the 90 and 9 to pursue you, that you are worth everything to him, even to the point that he would give up his own son, the death of his own son, so those far from him may come near him, that he will never, ever, ever, ever leave you or forsake you, no matter what. That truth must live, and we must choose to live with it. The thing that must die is the lie which your feelings are presently subject the lie that God is far off, that he doesn't care, that you don't matter to him, that you're not significant, you're saved by merit, by how good you are, that God is temperamental, and at any moment he could change his mind and decide to leave you, that he's like every other friend you've ever had, and if you don't measure up, he's going to bolt. That when you run away from him, he runs away from you. That is the lie that has to die. It's not the God of the Bible as reflected in Jesus who stands on the mountain in Matthew 23 and looks over Jerusalem and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who have killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as, her, as a hen gathers her wings under her chicks under her wings. Jesus looks out and he says, you've betrayed me. You've killed the prophets, the messengers that we sent. And what is his response? Hatred? No, what's his response? How I long for you. You've broken my heart, but I'm here and I want to gather you in as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. So the first thing you're going to do if you're going to experience God, number one, you've got to retrain the mind. You've got to retrain the mind with objective truth concerning the reality of who God is. You've got to retrain the mind to remember, to think, who is God really? Not based on how I feel, but what is his true identity? You say, well, Pastor Jeff, how do I do that? I'm getting older and I'm more stubborn, so it's hard to learn new things. And there's not a lot of room left in there to learn anything else. So can you help me? Yes, I can. Write it down first by listening to the language of God. You retrain your mind first by, by listening to the language of God. Here's an undeniable reality. While you brought an erroneous view of God into your relationship with him, let me tell you something else you brought. You brought all your indisciplines into your relationship with God. And let me just say something to you guys. I'm just going to be honest. I've been preaching a long time, and you girls, you know, you, you're with me. Because, look, doggone it, and don't get me in trouble for this. You feel things a little deeper than men do most of the time. That's why we're a bit slow. But God revealed himself in the person of Jesus, a man who loves you, men, and who wants to stir your emotions, men, toward him. The problem is when you came into your relationship with him, you got all these indisciplines. Look, I went to the gym religiously from the age of 29 to 42. When I was 29 years old, I looked into the mirror and I thought, dude, what's going on here? You don't have the basketball body that you used to have. You can't eat McDonald's three times a day and keep it. But it's cheap. And so I said, you know what? I got to get back in the gym. So I got a good workout program from my good friend, Tony Bennett. 
And he said, look, work on this, work this body part this day and on and so forth. And for, for the time, from the time I was 29 to 42, I was in the gym three to four days a week and nothing stopped me. Holidays, Christmas, whatever. I was committed. And then I woke up one day at 42 years old and I had the click the opposite way. I just thought, I don't like this. I'm tired of this. This hurts too much. I got to pay to hurt myself. So you know what? I'm just going to ride my bike. And that didn't work out too well for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run when I feel like it. And I'm going to go jogging. So I'm thinking all these things. But the problem with that is I'm not disciplined in it. So it's haphazard. So the condition, my condition was haphazard. Now, guess what happened about four weeks ago? I had the click again. So I stopped from 42 to 54, which is what I am now, and it clicked. I just woke up one morning, and I thought, i got to get back to the gym. <laughs> time to go back. I don't know how long it'll last, but I know in my head it's going to last a long time. You just know. And uh, I, so I joined Crunch Fitness because they had a deal going. I've been there at lunchtime every, just about every day for the last three weeks, feeling good. Now let me show you my motivation for going to the gym. That's my motivation. I was holding her the other day, and I thought, wait a minute. By the time she's a teenager, I'm going to be an old man. I want to teach her golf. I want to go on hikes. I want to go on runs. I want to teach her everything I know about basketball. I want to go to her high school basketball games. And if I don't get in the gym right now, none of that's going to happen. Every Olympian will tell you that if you want to win the gold, there are certain disciplines that have to go into your life to get there. Every Christian who has a good relationship with God and experiences the transcendent knows you don't do that by accident. There are some disciplines you have to catalyze into your life in order for you to reach the goal, which is to experience the living God. Spiritual drought must be drenched in the discipline of the objective language of God. It's very difficult to feel far from somebody that you're talking to every day. It's hard to feel distant from someone whose voice you are regularly hearing. And so there has to be an intentional discipline of seeking. That's why David said, early in the morning will I seek you, Psalm 63. He says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. James says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Wait a minute, Pastor Jeff, I said that God is not away from me. No, this is a subjective Passage of scripture, you feel that God is away from you, but if you draw near to him, you're going to find he's never moved. He's always there. It's you that's trying to get away. Robin came to me somewhere about 15 years into the marriage. She came to me, she goes, how, Jeff, can we be close when we don't talk? How can we be intimate, she said, when you don't spend quality time with me? Now, let's just be honest. I'm a guy. And a guy thinks... Do we really have to talk? Can't we just be intimate? Come on. Come on. Do we really have to have conversation? But over time, if you learn anything that's of value, you learn that intimacy begins with a closeness of communication of word. And without the word, very seldom is there going to be intimacy. And if there is, it'll be going through the motions. If you want to reach the depth of the soul and heart of another person, there is time, quality time, and communication. I've got a new devotional this year by Chris T. Green. He's 
my favorite devotional writer because all of his devotions really speak to me. I think they go beneath the surface down into the depths. And he says God's relationship with human beings in the pages of Scripture and throughout history, as well as the very existence of the Bible, give ample, gives ample evidence that God guides, instructs, corrects, inspires, encourages, reveals, and more. He says inspired writers even call him the Word. The reality is God has always been vocal. He's always been speaking. He's still speaking. But you've got to, here's the key, position yourself in a place where you can hear the voice of God. Discipline. Hearing requires the discipline of positioning yourself in a place to absorb the words of God. And think about it, man. Words are powerful things that ignite the emotions. What's it like for you, husbands, when your wife comes and says to you, you're so handsome, I love you, you're a great father, and I just love... What does that do for you? What does it do for your wife when the husband comes along and says, you know what? You are so beautiful. You will never stop being beautiful to me. I love you. You're a great mom. It just make, it just it catalyzes something in you that there's a closeness, there's a nearness, and there's a confidence that you go out and face your life. Words are powerful. But you've got to position yourself in a way, in a place where you can hear the word of God speaking those kind of things inside you. Folks, it took me a long, long time to learn that my daily time with God would pay huge dividends in the future. And now as I'm getting older, the value on these words are priceless. It's about giving the Spirit of God ammunition, words that have been in you now, that resonate and have been deeply installed into your emotional constitution, spiritual constitution, to fire the right word at the right time in the right place to give you victory. There have been times in my life when I felt very worthless. Like, why am I in ministry? I'm not very good at this. I'm going to go back to coaching basketball, but I wasn't very good at that either. And just at the right time in the right place, then I would hear the Spirit of God. Before you were born, I formed you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And I would be reminded that I am created for God's ultimate purpose. No matter what I feel, the truth is God has his hand on me. There have been times in my life when I felt very distant from God, usually tied to a failure in my life. And suddenly the Spirit of God would activate a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures. God is a friend who stays closer than a brother. That is the objective truth. God is close and near to me whether I feel it or not. And times that I feel lost because I violated something I shouldn't have violated, the Holy Spirit has a way of reminding me, by grace you have been saved through faith. You are a child of God. He will never, ever, ever, ever leave you. And times that I've felt unloved by God himself because of some tragedy that I'm experiencing. The Spirit of God has come in and said, you know what? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And times I feel abandoned. God will work everything out for those or everything for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So why do we feel an emotional emptiness? Oftentimes where God is concerned, number one, our past has tainted our view of God. And two, our emotions have been left untrained. So what do we do? We listen to the language of God. We flood the drought with refreshing water by listening to the language of God. And second, by listening to the language of obedience. Now you got to be careful here. What do I mean by the language of obedience? Because Pastor Jeff, you just said that God's closeness was not determined on how good I am, whether I obey or disobey. So what do you mean? The language of obedience. Have you ever really taken a good look at the Exodus in the Old Testament? 
Don't you think that would have been an exciting thing to be part of? I mean, you got the burning bush, you got the plagues, the locusts, the frogs coming out of the woodwork. You've got the Nile turning to blood. You've got darkness and the destroyer. Imagine what that last night would have been like. And then, of course, there's this whole thing of the Red Sea crossing. Wow, into a land flowing with milk and honey. Woo, what a ride, man. What an adventure. God's presence is manifest everywhere. And yet, you hear the same old complaint by the Israelites every day. Why did God bring us out here to kill us? You've been listening to Today with Jeff Fines. Thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll bring you the rest of this message from Pastor Jeff. Worship today is perhaps the greatest apologetic. I believe there are few things that communicate the reality of God more than when somebody walks into a place where there's authentic, genuine worship occurring. However, it is also true that there's something about music and worship that connects a chord in you with God. It's almost unexplainable. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Fines wherever you listen to podcasts. You make me wanna dance and sing with every single breath I breathe. I will bring this offering. You are my wonder. You bring the wonder. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Vines. This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media.